This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Abigail Wald. And I'm Missy Pyle. And you are listening to Raising and Rising. We created this podcast for parents because we're one of you. We get you and we love you. I believe that from the moment that we become a parent, we have a vision of the kind of childhood we want our children to have and a vision of the kind of parent that we want to be. And while we always love our children, we don't always like them or their behavior. We are here to help you reconnect with that original vision of yours and give you the tools to make it your actual reality. Each episode, we talk to parents who feel that they are often getting pushed past their breaking point. We give loving, constructive solutions and new ways of thinking about your everyday parenting problems so you can confidently rise up to the challenge of raising strong-willed children who thrive within themselves, within your family, and within the larger world. On this episode of Raising and Rising, we speak with Kat, an LPC who specializes in gender and sexuality. She's the mother of two children, Daphne and Davin. Today, we focus on Davin. Davin is Kat's nine-year-old boy. He has a very loving personality and regularly steps up to the plate to help Kat and his little sister with daily tasks. Recently, though, Kat has noticed that Davin struggles to regulate his time on the family's iPad, sound familiar, staying up all night long, playing video games and watching videos. Kat has tried many different approaches to curb his screen time to no avail. So today we discuss how to make screens a constructive part of your family dynamic and when to take the iPad away. Now, full disclosure, I literally was on a plane leaving Vietnam when they recorded this, so I couldn't be a part of it. I mean, who am I? All right, everybody. Welcome, Kat. So Kat, you've got me today uh, without my co-pilot, Missy, because she is off making a movie. Um, and they didn't invite me to join her. Uh, so I'm here, but I get to be here with you, which is fabulous. And we're going to make our own beautiful art today. So, um, I, my name's Abigail Wald and I started mother flipping awesome because I had to flip my life into awesomeness because I found parenting to be intense and hard and harder than I wanted it to be. Cause in my heart, I had all this idea of joy of what I wanted it to be. And, um, so I come in and I, I figured out how to add meaning to that for myself, how to build frameworks and meaning and make it an art form and make it not just be all about, you know, making quesadillas all day long and carpooling people and yelling at people about sharing, um, but that it should actually feel really enlivening. And so that's what I do is I bring magic and meaning and frameworks and joy and practical solutions that feel really good in your body when you use them. 
And so uh, I love to help families, um, especially parents who have strong-willed kids or highly sensitive kids or neurodivergent kids or kids that are quietly neurodivergent. And sometimes it's not our kids. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's that we ourselves are highly sensitive or we just need to have it mean more, right? We need to have more art in our lives around our parenting. And so that's what I love to bring. I love it. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah. So how can we help you uh, rise up and also raise your kiddos in a way that feels more in line with yourself? Yeah. So I love what you said about the highly sensitive, the strong-willed, the neurodivergent. That is both me and my nine-year-old son, 2AT. He he is my mini in so many ways. And then I have an almost six-year-old daughter. Her birthday is in a week or so. Um, who is so savage and girly <laughs> and like, well, she is, she will, am I allowed to curse? I should probably ask. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She'll fuck. Yeah. <laughs> With glitter. It's great. I love her. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm a licensed therapist by day. Yeah. Um, former French teacher turned licensed therapist. Um, and ADHD and PTSD trauma are my specialties along with like gender and sexuality and all the self stuff. But like, Despite my three college degrees and people, I think that actually made it worse. Mm. Uh, it makes parenting harder because I know all the things or most of the things. Mm. And um, and I have my own PTSD and trauma from my childhood with a narcissistic dad yeah. um, and a lot of emotional mental abuse. And I've been in trauma therapy for many, many years. I'm in a good place. But like my kiddos can trigger me, oh, yeah. especially my son. Like there are things that he does that I am having immediate flashbacks when I was his age. And so mm. having to navigate that And I think, you know, some of the challenges, like he definitely is very sensitive. He's an empath like I am. His father and I split over two years ago. Dad is a severe alcoholic. Um, We have custody battles going on. There's a lot. Mm. And unfortunately, my son has kind of taken on my role with his dad of having to be the caregiver. Um, And he doesn't, he struggles with like, well, if I'm not there to take care of dad, who's going to? Their dad's almost 40. My child's nine. Yeah. Um, I have him in therapy. So we're working through this. I'm supporting. Um, we also have two very different households. I'm a positive parent. I am also former teacher. So like, love my consistency, love my routine, you know, love my structure. And I'm the safe, secure and consistent parent. Uh, that is not happening from what I can tell at dad's house. A lot of do what you want. Here are video games. Here are, you know, he, he has shared that he doesn't ask them to do any chores because he doesn't want to put any demands on them. A lot, a lot of inconsistencies. Um, The reality is that whenever we ask our kids to do something, and I think this is a really huge misconception that a lot of us parents uh, have to come to terms with, is that when we ask our kids to do something, we're actually placing a limit on ourselves. And that's something that often we don't realize because we think I'm telling you, you have to do your homework or you have to take out the garbage or you have to whatever. But the reality is a child can always say no. And so the moment a child refuses that limit, it's now the parent's job to figure out, well, what do I do with that? Do I say, no, you have to? Do I wonder why? Do I alter the limit? Do I change the limit? Do I just walk backtrack? Like, you know, what do I do? So, you know, very often you'll have a situation where, you know, marry, divorce, co-parenting, whatever, you're still parenting with another human. And one human may decide that the right answer is, 
you've got to hold it at no, you know, no any cost. Another person is like, dude, that's way too much work for me. Right. So, so sometimes some parents won't set limits with a kid because they are correctly understanding that if I set a limit, it's my job and I don't really want to sign up for that job. So I'd rather not set any limit at all, which of course creates other issues as well mm-hmm. downstream, uh, but is quicker in the moment. It's like, you know, being mm-hmm. able to walk out of a store with a sofa and not pay anything. Yeah. And we're starting to see some of the effects of that. Um, Cause I'm very much like, I, I tell my kids, like, if you have a question, ask me why, if I'm saying no food in your bedroom, I'm going to tell you why I'm not making rules just to like be a bitch. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I say it more kid appropriate, but you know, like, <laughs> and I'll ask them why, why do you think mama is saying no food in your bedroom? And they'll be like, Oh, cause we'll get bucks. I'm like, okay. So like I, I make it accessible. So we, we have five family rules. Okay. And this is kind of how I see the world and how I interact. Rule number one is do no harm, but take no shit. So be kind, be loving, but have boundaries like a motherfucker. I love okay? that. I feel like I want to get you like a superhero cape and I just want to stencil Aww. these on there. Okay, I, go on. I would wear it as long as there's a tiara I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so rule number two is the one we quote the most. Just don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. I don't care what color you are, who you worship, what you wear, who you love, who you're attracted to, what you do for a job. I care if you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it is my job as a parent to make sure you are not an asshole. But we all do assholic things we do. when we're growing up, and sometimes yes. when we're grown ups, and they're not going to not be a jerk. They can learn to de jerk themselves as much yeah. as possible. Yeah, okay. and that's and that's the spirit of that. It's like I will say, you are not a jerk. Hitting your sister because you were angry. Which family rule was that? And he's like, oh, don't be a jerk. I'm like, yeah. Like, this is not a kind yeah. thing to do. And so we use this, it listen, kind of that way. Every family has a manifesto like this, whether it's yeah. spoken out loud or not, right? And I think it's so beautiful to know what your rules are and to have mm-hmm. them as like family lore, Thanks. right? Yeah. It's such a great thing to do. And because every family is running on a manifesto, no matter what, for sure. And, and the kids know it, but to be able to really say it and call upon it and use it and check yourself. And, and it's, you know, it's going to look different. It's like every family's thing is going to be totally different and we don't need a one size fits all rule system. Right. Yeah. So it's beautiful that you're carving out your values that way. Thanks. Yeah. So we have do no harm, take no shit. Number two, don't be a jerk. Third, open and honest communication, especially when it's hard. And then my son added the last two, which is my body, my rules, and attitude of gratitude. Awesome. And so So. when you look at that and you look at your life with your kiddos, and especially this nine-year-old that... Oh, wait until I tell you what he did this week. That's the thing I need the help with. (laughs) Great. So that's my question. How can we help? So he was diagnosed with ADHD about a year and a half ago, um, which was like, like, oh, I am actually ADHD. This isn't just PTSD myself. So both neurodivergent, you know, and I'm trying to teach him in a positive parenting way of how to like, this is your, how your brain works. We got to work with your brain, not against it, um, how to be healthy and still like be your own person and make your own choices and deal with your own consequences. We are having a huge, huge issue with electronics and video games. That is dopamine central for him. And he just cannot regulate. He's been really tired, really cranky, really reactive. And I'm like, are you okay? And I'm thinking, is it because of the divorce and the separation and, you know, mom guilt and all of that? And come to find out at grandma's house, 
at my house and just recently found out at dad's house, he's sneaking in the middle of the night to either go downstairs on my computer and play Roblox and waking his sister up. Or the last I had him this whole Mother's Day weekend, um, he got his tablet, has figured out my password to the adult profiles and has downloaded YouTube, Hulu, Paramount Plus and Roblox and staying up three nights in a row from 12 a.m. till 5 a.m zoomed in on this game and then wetting himself, peeing himself in his bed because he won't get up and go use the bathroom and then going to sleep in it. And it's things like this where it's like, I have, we have another rule like, Hey, don't eat on the couch. There's literally a table right there. You can still see the TV and he he will eat on the couch and then shove the wrappers between the couch and the wall. So, and look at this is classic, like executive function, right? This is, it's not defiant. It's not willful. Like he's, he's the sweetest little boy ever. He can't make the choice that his future self will thank him for. He's making the choice of immediate gratitude. And then hiding it because he knows he shouldn't. And so I do give him lots of props for telling me the truth. When I ask him, he is very open and honest with me I've created. And I give him lots of validation. But yes, this is frustrating. (laughs) I completely understand that. So a couple questions for you. Is there a reason the internet is on at night? I don't think I realized that I could turn it off. What I had been doing uh, when we had the computer incident is when it was bedtime, I have a basket and all electronics go in it. The controllers, the I change the passwords on things, um, the switch, like everything. We, we love our electronics. We're a big gamer family. Yeah, and, and it goes cool. in my room at night. It's great for every family has different screen rules. And in this day and age, it's going to be really difficult to live without screens for most families. Um, and I don't think screens are evil. I think screens can be very helpful. I also think screens, especially for kids like this, can be really addictive. Like, you know, just like we know, like, listen, I always think of it like the dye and the ink and a paper, right? So it's like the ink blot is going to be different based on the paper, And so it's not just the ink, it's the paper too. And it's like where that paper has etches, is that paper glossy? Is it, you know, rough? It's going to take up a different pattern. And so it's not just the fault of the tech, it's like the tech and how it interfaces with that individual. And just like we know there are going to be, you know, girls who get exposed to certain things or boys who get exposed to certain things who are going to wind up with an eating disorder, although it's more prevalent among girls, you know, some people are going to get exposed to the same stuff and it's like not even going to blink twice, do you know? So we need to understand that it is our responsibility, just like if we have a kid who's sensitive to dairy, I'm going to have to pay attention to that, right? So there's how you feel about screens, but then there's how you feel about screens and how they interact with your child's brain. And that's a different math problem for everybody, right? So that's number one. Number two is that internet is a choice. It can get cut off at night. And I think that it's even in a home, because it sounds like you have a real value around open communication and leadership, I think one of the things that I see with parents um, is getting that exact right tone of leadership, right? So sometimes we think, oh, you know, I'm going to be such a strong leader. They don't get to question me at all. And sometimes people have grown up with that and they're like, I'm going to be the most open, democratic, pluralistic, you know, society in our home. And then it's actually not necessarily beneficial, right? So finding that place where you're like, I'm cool with the fact that I've got a password you don't have. 
I'm cool with the fact that I turn off the internet. Yeah. Right? And I do that out of love. Actually, you don't get to know that, you know, and be really comfortable that that's not the same as you being an authoritarian dictator, you know, because sometimes that might trip that alarm for you, especially with a background from trauma, right? So to be like, no, no, this is different. This is not just a shade of gray. It's actually an entirely different color. Do you know? Another thing is if we've got the basket and that's not working, I don't like to catch kids in something like to say, did you steal this? It's like, if I know you stole it, right? And again, you may already be doing this, but I'm sharing this also for all our listeners. To be clear too, like I had been lax, like not lax, but like letting up on it, giving him a chance to show me that he can be responsible. So I hadn't been putting it in as much yeah. to give, because we had been talking about earning it back. So this was a definite scaffolding. I'm giving you a chance to show me what you can do. And obviously we he have to create him. the safe space. Yeah. He showed me <laughs> and I'm trying to create the safe space for him to fail and learn. Yeah. Um, and so that's, he didn't steal it. He, it, it was in his backpack Got it. and he was given an opportunity, but I, I still feel like what you're going to say is important, but I wanted to be clear. Like he wasn't doing anything like yeah, defiant yeah. or manipulative or any of that. He just was being a nine-year-old ADHD boy who went, Ooh, dopamine. <laughs> yes. Yes, totally. And I want to say a few things about that. Number one, um, there's also a product by the way called, I think it's called kitchen safe where you can actually like literally put stuff in and lock it you can actually like lock it to a certain time and then the kids could see that and know that you can't get in that thing. So um, there's many different ways and systems that can be beneficial, like systems from the outside, whether that's cutting off the internet, whether that's, you know, a certain kind of safe or whatever. And they also, truth be told, have ways of working around these things once they figure it out. Um, and of course, our kids who are most likely to work around that are also our kids who are most likely to understand technology to the point where they can, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but that said, these things are very helpful. They can genuinely be a wonderful thing. And when a parent is going to put that on, I think it is really nice to have a real conversation and say, hey, listen, we're going to do this. We're making this choice. We're going to do this limit. I'm doing this because I love you. Also, it's beneficial if we do catch our kids taking something or they lie or they've stolen something. I prefer not to lead with um, the question of like, did you take this or admit that you lied, you know, um, just for all our listeners out there, because it can be very dehumanizing. It's like a really bad place to start a conversation. It just, it really hits somebody's dignity tripwire and it sets off an adversarial tone from the beginning. So what I love to go is, hey, I know that this somehow went to sleep in, you know, the, you know, box by my bed and somehow it woke up in your bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So listen, I want to talk to you about this. So it's like, I'm giving a little bit of gentleness and some play mm -hmm. and like, that. you know, not coming in. What I like to say is with these children, a direct come in is not good. Okay. You want to come in obliquely. You're always giving them room to have a dignity highway. All right. So a highway to maintain their own sense of dignity, their own sense of self, because kids like this tend to be highly sensitive. They are going to shut down at the first whiff of shutdown material. So don't give it to them. Don't give them any ability to shut down. Be playful. You can you can set really strong limits while being really, really joyful and light. 
Hi, friends. I would love to recommend a fabulous way to take some of that parental pressure off of your shoulders. If you're stressing about meal planning for your family, the solution, ding, 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 Green Chef. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. It makes cooking easy so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. So Green Chef saves you time. It cuts down on the weekly meal planning, prepping, and grocery shopping. With Green Chef, you get organic ingredients and sustainably sourced produce so you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. They offer 24 recipes you choose from, so there's a lot of variety every week, and they're always swapping out old recipes for new ones so you never get bored. I made a couple things that were so good. I had the Middle Eastern style beef bowl with cauliflower rice. I know I'm starving. I want, I want I want to go back in time and have it in my body right now. It was so delicious. And then the crispy Parmesan tilapia with couscous, tomato, peas, and artichokes. And they give you everything that you need and not too much so that you don't have any waste. It's amazing. So go to greenchef.com slash raising 130 and use code raising 130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash raising 130 for $130 off plus free shipping. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm really glad that you brought that up because one of the things his therapist has talked about is this internalized shame and need to like be a pleaser to both me and his dad. And I know I messed up in that situation where I did say I was disappointed in him. And so I need to do reparations with him because that's my feelings and about me. And it's also okay to be disappointed. That's yeah. also real. So here's the thing I might say to him, you know, we ran a really interesting experiment recently, right? So be him and actually say what you think he'd say. So okay. don't don't give me like the nice answer for our listeners. Yeah, like, no, I actually be him, right? Because <laughs> they don't want they don't want that shit, right? I will say he is a very like um, perceptive nine year old. Like he's, I love the other day we were talking when we were talking about this. He goes, so let me check that I understand. I was like, you are the child of a therapist. <laughs> That's hilarious. And he's like, you're saying if, if I give you my tablet Sunday nights and I don't get it all week and I go to bed and I sleep, then I'm I'm not going to wake up cranky and tired. I went, yep, that's right. I love it. I love it. I love it. He's so great. Okay, so, yeah, so I got you. So I'm going to say, hey, Bubble Up, I need to talk to you for a second. Okay. 
we ran this crazy experiment where we let ourselves take the tablet at night. And how did that go? Uh, he would probably give me this like wide-eyed look. We're like, oh crap. And then he would be like, um, I'm not good. I stayed up all night. Yeah. And then- You're not in trouble here, by the way. Like we're just scientists. We're just looking at our life and choosing what life we want. So um, yeah, so you stayed up all night and that is not your fault. It's pretty good at keeping people up. It's not just you. It's actually good at keeping millions of people up. Okay. That's actually what it's designed to do. It doesn't even sleep. You could plug it in the wall and it will stay up all night long. It's kooky. Okay. But we have to plug you in the wall. You're a little different. The way we plug you in the wall is you actually need to go to sleep because you're human. Do you know that even if we plug you up, you can't stay up all night? Yeah. I've been really tired and really cranky. Yeah. You have been really tired and really cranky. And that, again, is not your fault. That's how you're built. That's just literally because we're human. Okay? These aren't mommy's rules. These aren't daddy's rules. You're not making them. It's just the rules of being a human. This is how our body works. And what do you like about sleep? I don't know what he would say. He'd probably say, I just like being asleep. Yeah. (laughs) It's very literal. (laughs) Yeah. You just like being asleep. Yeah. Do you like the way your pillow feels? And here, what I'm doing is I'm going to give him like an experience of choosing sleep. I'm trying to actually get his brain to like literally almost write a neuron of like, I'm going to choose sleep. Does that make sense? Yes. Sensor experience and connecting it. Totally. Yeah. Love it. So I'm going to be like, well, how do, do you like your pillow? Yeah. I have this really soft, fuzzy gray one that I, I like to sleep on. And do you like your comforter? I do. And I like I like snuggling up with my my patches. It's his little lovey. Yeah. And and he's like, you know, I like I like cuddling up with patches and all my pillows and stuffed animals. Yeah. And I, I like it when Snickerdoodle comes and lays on my bed with Aww. me. But then he jumps off because he wants to be with you. <laughs> yeah. But that sounds so sweet. That sounds so sweet. Well, how about this? He just gave me a ticket, by the way. So kids are writing the manual for you all the time. So he just wrote the manual. So I'm going to take that. Ooh, thank you for that piece of information. You know what occurs to me? When we take our tablets and put them to bed, okay, we are going to go get Snickerdoodle. And you and I are going to lie in bed with Snickerdoodle together. And we could tell stories. We'll keep Snickerdoodle between us. And we'll hang out for a while. And that's how we're going to go to bed. Do you like that idea? Yeah, that sounds good. Can mm-hmm. can we can we watch YouTube while we do it? Well, we already put the tablet away. So this is our snickerdoodle time. But, but you have a TV and you have, you have the, a tablet. I do. Are you telling me you want to watch stuff with me? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'd love He's to watch like, stuff with you. I'd love to watch stuff with you, but not during snickerdoodle time. So that's something we can do during our next day awake time that we're going to give to screens. But we don't want to give all of ourselves to screens. They're taking too much. They're not our friend. Like we have to be in charge of them, right? We want to be the boss. Okay. So this is time where we're like, hey, screen, take a hike. This is snickerdoodle time. Okay. So yeah, we can totally do that. Just not during snickerdoodle time. Also, there's this like a YouTube sleepy meditation I've used with them. 
that I've just mm. put on audio. Do you like that? So I'm going to actually say yes to this and I'll tell you why. He's looking for what I call a micro win. Okay. He's wanting to say yes to me, but because he's a little oppositional and he's strong-willed, he can't just say yes because it feels like he's going to die. So he's looking for a way that tells his brain, it's okay, I'm still winning. This is safe for me to say yes to. So actually, because he's coming in with so many of these, I'm going to go, yeah, we could do that one. Let's try that one for a few days and we'll run an experiment and see if it works for us. So I just put a time limit on it and I just gave it with a little price tag, which is yes, and it better freaking work. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, goosebumps. I love that. Okay. That's really helpful. He is a very like connection-seeking kid. And I think with all the changes, we've had a lot of changes in the two, last years that he has felt so much more than a sister. And I always try to give him as much stability and connection as possible um, and encourage him to make those decisions. So I like what you did with that. Like, oh, yes, I'm going to give him this micro win, I think you called it, and let him feel like he's in control and making choices that, oh, hey, I'm okay with as the parent. And like, and yeah. you know, I did that when I taught. I would give my students like, our goals to learn is vocabulary. We're going to play this game. But if you rather like sit and write sentences or write them five times each, cool, that's your choice. As long as you reach the goal, I'm good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and so in I this case, that. our goal is you getting sleep. So if Go that works for child. us to get sleep, great. That has been the big thing with him is it, you know, when he is well rested and, you know, because when they come home on Sundays from their dad, it's, I can't really put any task demand on them because otherwise we have huge, huge escalation. Yeah. And so I have to ease them into it. By Monday morning, I've got them re-regulated. I can say, hey, go do the dishes, take the trash out, feed the dog, help me with dinner. Like, you know, normal everyday totally. stuff, right? I do try to limit how much I ask. Um, but he's much more like, sure, mom. Okay, mom, happy to help. Like the way he is with his sister, he like is so doting. I have to actually tell him like, you're her brother, not her parents. So like tone <laughs> it down a little. I love it. But like, blah, 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 come on. Um, and she'll tell him too. You're not my dad. It's great. I love her. So on Sundays, like that shift is so hard for them. So I have yeah. to have to ease it. Um, you know, because they're going from no task demands to age appropriate task demand and responsibility right. and actually and a parent who makes sure they follow through. And listen, um, it's okay. They're having multiple experiences, which means they're yeah. building multiple skills and we can't control what right. is not in our purview. And, and, and let me just also say, you know, listen, we did something to help you raise him, but now let's give you something to help you rise. You know, you talked about this idea of like, oh, I told him I was disappointed in him. Like, oh no, shame. I want to link back to that for a second. And I also want to link back to this idea of, you know, the divorce or, you know, also like caretaking too much that you're bringing up because you're bringing up certain themes over and over again, right? These are things I worry about. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because you're a great parent, right? So you've got these things on your radar. Here's the thing. I personally, and again, everybody can make their own decisions here. I'm just going to share with you how I very personally view these things, which is, I think that sometimes the very binariness of how we look at this is just as damaging as the idea of like not looking at it at all. It's like, if we're not going to at all acknowledge that, yes, people can have shame or, you know, divorce can be hard on a kid or, you know, all of that stuff, like that's really painful. But when we're also like, it's really, really wrong to do these things. 
it's just as painful. So can we all get to a place where we go, shit happens and it matters, but most of it doesn't matter as much as we think. And what matters is our approach to it when it happens. And so, you know, instead of like, oh no, I told him I, you know, he's disappointed. Oh gosh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I know you're not going to beat yourself up too much about it, but still, you know, there are parents who are going to beat themselves up about it, like really hardcore. And when I work with parents, I do a whole project called like getting in touch with our silent promise, which is the promise we made to ourselves about what we want to pass on and what we don't want to pass on, okay, from our, you know, families of origin. And doing that work is really, really beautiful and important. But what I want to say is that even just now listening to this, right, even if you're not going to be doing that exercise, I want you to think about how can I make it all okay? How can I make the tumbles that my child has, the tumbles that I have, how can I normalize failing? Not to the point where it's like, yeah, we're all going to fail and like failure doesn't matter at all. But like, can I tell you why I said I was disappointed? Because I was disappointed. I was disappointed in myself that I didn't hold that limit. I was disappointed in myself that I gave you too much room. I was disappointed for a moment that you had that much room and that you chose to stay up at night with it. And then I was like, well, but duh, that would make sense. And then I was disappointed that we had to work on this. And then I was like, well, why should I be disappointed that we have to work on this? Because if we're not working on this, we're working on something else because life is all a matter of working on stuff. So why am I disappointed about if it's A or B or C or D? It's like, what does it matter, right? Because if we weren't doing this, maybe we'd be figuring out how to get good at tennis. And why is getting good at tennis any better than figuring out how we get good at screens? So like, I was disappointed, but that's because I was disappointed with life for a second, reminding me that it's life and that like you got to learn stuff. So I'm, I'm now I'm disappointed in the fact that I was disappointed. Wow. I got disappointed. Is it okay if I get disappointed? I love that you bring this up. Cause like one of the things that come up with me is that that own trauma, right? Like I don't want to abuse and traumatize my children. Like it was done to me, which yeah. is why I've been in copious amounts of therapy. Highly recommend for everybody, not just cause I'm a therapist, but like, <laughs> it's so important. Oh my God. And I, you know, and I, I like to think of myself as a really self-aware person who's open to learning and growing and doing my best, admitting mistakes, all of that. Um, and it's like, you know, I realized a couple months ago that like, oh, hey, my parents emotionally neglected and abandoned me. And I have been emotionally overcompensating with my children. I am too present yeah. and I need to back the fuck off because yeah. they need a safe space to fail. And I don't need to, just because I have three college degrees and people but I said, it makes it worse. Doesn't mean I have to be there every step of the way. We had this whole incident a couple months ago where they had to go do the dishes and my son has sensory processing issues like I do. And so this is a sensory trigger, but like also yeah. a skill we need to learn to be adults and him and his sister have to figure it out. And they're screaming at each other in the kitchen. I stayed in the living room. I listened for safety, right? Cause you know, that's important. And I let them figure it out and I let them negotiate and scream and cry and like, do all of it. She kept coming in and out of the living room, trying to sit and watch TV. I said, nope, we're not watching TV till the dishes are done. She's like, well, Bubala's doing it. I'm like, we're not watching TV till the dishes are done. And so she went back in and I kept hearing him making like this. I couldn't tell if he was like retching or crying or screaming. <laughs> Baby. Like he's dramatic oh. like his mama and I love it. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to wait until he asks for help. Because mm -hmm. learning when to ask help is such a good thing. And I'm, I got to stop trying to like white knight rescue. Um, 
And so I waited. And then my sister comes back out again. She goes, I think he needs help. And so I was like, okay. So I said, Bubala, do you need help? He's like, yes, I need help. I walked in and I was like, okay. I walked in, my kitchen was clean. Yeah. Like there were maybe two or three dishes out. The water was running. He is sitting on the floor crying because the wheels of the bottom of the rack kept coming off and he couldn't get it in. Yeah. And I said, hey, what's going on? And he told me, I said, okay, water's still running. Can we turn that off? And he gets up, he turns it off. And I was like, hey, you know what? You've done a really good job. I'm practicing this thing called good enough parenting. This is new for me. Because I, you know, trauma, perfection, ADHD, right? It's my yeah. own shit. So I'm trying this good enough parenting. And I walk in and I said, okay, like you've done a really good job. I'm like, there are a couple of dishes over here. I'll take care of that. You know, I'll, I will, you know, like finish like, like good job for trying to get this rack. Like that's frustrating. That's difficult. And these wheels keep coming off. He's like, I'm so frustrated right now. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> mood dude. Totally understand that. I'm like, here, let me take care of it. You've done your best and you've asked for help when you couldn't do something. I love this. Good job. I'm like, can you, like, can we turn the water off? I don't want to. I'm so frustrated as he walks and turns the water off. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, hey, you know what? To finish the job, we gotta, we gotta wipe the counters too. I don't want it to anymore. I was like, hey, I know that you've done most of the dishes. So why don't you go sit on the couch, use your coping skills. Your sister and I are going to finish up. Yeah. Okay. And then he goes off. And this was a huge shift for me because before I would have been in there every step of the way, it would have been a power struggle. My shit would have been triggered. I would be getting angry and upset. I'd be trying to force him to do the thing he just mentally, physically can't do. It would have been a mess. He would have screamed. A stuffed animal might have been thrown. I would have then had to go call my partner crying after he went to bed. You know, like it would have been this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, we don't give our kids enough opportunities, I think, to messily rise. And I think that's one of the things that I want to remind everybody of is we are messily raising and messily rising. And that doesn't make any of it not beautiful. And if you think it's got to be perfect to be raising and rising, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. It's this idea of a safe, safe space to fail has been a game changer for me because he needs to learn how to regulate these emotions, deal with these emotions, find coping skills, find ways to handle it, and then be able to ask for help when he is beyond what he can do. Yeah. And that's not something I was taught. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. Listen, it's so hard. We're all riding, you know, I, this is one, again, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about parents learning how to like write your own story because no one is there with you in that kitchen in that moment. And I, it's like, I think of it like driving a car, Right. There's rules about driving a car. There's rules about how fast you should go around the curve. But nobody's in the car in that moment feeling like the the G-force, feeling what it feels like knowing exactly how much pressure to put on that gas pedal and how much pressure, pressure to put on the brakes. Like you have to learn that. And parenting is the same way. And so I don't like these ideas of rules of like, you should go in, you shouldn't go in, you should do this, you should do that. It's like, you're the one in the kitchen going around the curve, right? So to me, it's like, you got to learn your own, how to listen to yourself. You learn your child. This child actually learns through adversity. This child does not learn through adversity. This child needs more comfort. This child actually, you know what? The best way to tell them to do it is like, I don't think you can figure that out. 
Oh my gosh, that kid's going to figure that out in three seconds flat. Every child is different. Every parent is different. Every family is different. Every value system is different. And so to me, it's about igniting each parent to hear themselves and to know, I know how to take that curve. I know what's right for my family, my car, on that pavement, on a rainy day, right? So that was what was right for you in your kitchen, mm-hmm. right? And then you you watch them rise or they don't. And then you take the curve differently. And that's it, my friends, right? I love that. All right. It's been awesome talking to you. Thank you so yeah, much thank for joining you. us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been really just wonderful. Awesome. What's your takeaway from today? Then I can turn the internet off. <laughs> yeah, damn straight. We could have done that in three seconds. You know, as smart as I am and as neurodivergent as fuck as I am, like sometimes the simplest, I'm like, oh yeah. Duh. That's fucking brilliant. Dude, <laughs> I don't care if it's practical. I don't care if it's mythical. If we help you, we help you. We got it. I got to tell you, um, obviously I wasn't here for this conversation, but I loved it. I've been so proud of myself for just kind of being like, sometimes my daughter is like, go away. And she have like a quick reaction to something. It's very intense. And I'm like, okay. So lately, you know, she's like, I'm not and I was like, well, I'll just, should I wait for you in the car? And she had a moment where she, you know, we got to the door and like she, the shoe was hurting. And then we switched shoes and then she got halfway out the door and then that shoe was clicking on her dress. And I thought, oh, somebody's going to blow here and it's going to be this guy. I'm pointing to myself. Um, and then she went back in and I waited for her in the car. And then I saw her three uh, unicorns in the back seat. Those cute little ones with the big eyes, you know, the ones that are at the airport and I don't know who makes them. And I was like, I brought them inside and she was in her room behind the door, kind of crying. Mm-hmm. And I brought them over and I was like, Zoe. And I just started pretending to be the unicorns. And I was like, hi, we were waiting for you in the car. Are you coming? And she was like, yeah. I was like, what happened? Tell us. And it just was like, you know, I was very proud of myself. I went from a eh to a good enough thing. And and she really enjoyed it. Yeah, for me, good enough looks like uh, getting my 15-year-old to go to bed and like somehow get off the internet sometime between 9 and 11 and then let him like figure himself out and get enough sleep, right? Uh, that That's my good enough right now with the 15-year-old. I love that. Good enough for me to, it's like, while you're watching your episode of Bluey before bed, I'll bring you the toothbrush and you can brush your teeth right there and I'll bribe you into watching that and then I'll get the knots out of your hair. Yeah. And good enough lately for me also has meant like, I'm not cooking. I'm not in the mood to cook. Right. I just want to be able to pick up food, eat it, have leftovers the next day. Like that's where my brain's at right now. And I just... I love cooking. I go through periods of time where I want to cook. And then it's like, nope, this is good enough right now. You know? About once a week at this point. You know what I want? I want a chef. Yeah. I want a chef. I just for like a couple days a week. That sounds so heavenly. I'd like for you to come over and cook for me, please. (laughs) But I'm not cooking. I'm only ordering in these days. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, that's good enough dinner. Carrots and hummus. We got you. Okay. Thanks for listening. Listen, we all love our screens and uh, we love good enough parenting. So we'll see you next week. Hey. 
Hey, everybody. We just want to thank you so much for listening. And we hope that we've helped you in some way and that you've really enjoyed this conversation. If you or someone you know is struggling with a parenting problem, contact us using our online form at raisingandrising.co. That's raisingandrising.co. Or message us on Instagram at raisingandrising with your most frustrating parenting questions. We want to help make it better. And if you liked our discussion, make sure to subscribe to Raising and Rising on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And hey, give us an amazing rating because you know you loved it. And for those of you feeling inspired by this parenting conversation, check out motherflippingawesome.com slash help for a way to hop on a call with me and have a conversation about your family. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.